Tonight on the Band from Ringside podcast, AEW Double or Nothing delivers. John Moxley drops bombs on the Chris Jericho podcast. Our NXT takeover predictions, that and a whole bunch more tonight on the Band from Ringside podcast. Man, you surprised? I didn't know what I was going to say there, man. You didn't give me any warning. Ditch that 9 to 5. It's time to feel alive. Hello, Mark. So welcome to the Band from Ringside podcast. I am Bill Vagie, your host, a.k.a. Kayfabe rules everything around me. Cream, get the money. And to my right, we have two beers. Zach Pullman. What's going on, two beers, Zach? Uh, not much. I just want to put out a friendly reminder that it's been 164 days since the McMahons came on Raw and said everything would change. <laughs> Ooh, damn, God, did you count? He's, he's, he's been holding he's, on to he's that. He's so bitter. Damn, did you count those days? <laughs> he's been Man, holding on to it. I saw it on Reddit. Okay, right uh, on. And to his right, we have Jason Cornelius Bell. What's going on, JCB? Allow us to pull down the good book of the Band for Ringside podcast, volume 109, chapter 3, verse 14. And the good smart saith, hashtag boo the heels. It is all good, baby. Shout out to my girl, Becky Balboa. Thank you for an amazing weekend. I love you. Um... Love it's, you. It's, it's, yeah, they should. I'm coming back in a good mood. Um, <laughs> interesting week this week. Uh, a lot of non WWE talk. Some WWE talk. Let's delve in. Let's get it on. To his right, we have Murray the Murray Man. Murray, what's going on, Murray? I'm doing great. I'm about um, about a handful of Coronas in. Yeah, caffeine this morning. <laughs> but yeah, it's kind of rare that you're drinking and Zach and I are not. Yeah, <laughs> I'm not drinking. He's, He's having, having a Coca Cola. Yeah, always though. Every now and then, you know, I switch it up. So, being that this is the case, yes. I'm very excited for multiple reasons. Mm-hmm. One, we're live on social media right uh-huh. now. Yeah, I just shared our live YouTube feed to all of our social medias at BFR on Twitter, Band from Ringside Podcast on Facebook, Friends of BFR on Facebook. Um, we also have a uh, Instagram. Are we on Bumble? Uh, not yet, but I'm I'm setting that up cool. during the show. Uh, <laughs> We uh, we also got all three of our T-shirts on ProWrestlingTees.com, so Ooh, make sure yeah. to go over to That's that. That's some good product. Father's Day coming up. And then this Sunday, this Sunday, mm-hmm. our favorite, Glory Pro Wrestling in St. Louis, actually in Collinsville, Illinois. They'll mm-hmm. be at Collins Club. Uh, we are sponsoring the Glory Pro event this Sunday, as we normally do. Um, it's going to be an amazing card. The regular cast of characters over there from Glory Pro, um, and if you come and see us, maybe we'll have some uh, some special little things for you. To, yeah, we got to give some you. prizes to give out. We got some JJ Twigs gift card. JJ Twigs on Southampton, an official sponsor of the Band from Ringside podcast. They got great pizza, great thin crust pizza. They also got great food and beer specials. If you want to go watch your Blues play in the Stanley Cup, they have specials when the Blues are playing. Also, when uh, the Cardinals are playing. So go check out JJ Twigs on Southampton. Uh, we are coming at you from the exquisite Shock City Studios in beautiful St. Louis, Missouri. We got Sam the Mauler Mall turning the knobs tonight. Mr. Perfect's in the house. <laughs> and we got Easy to his right just hanging out. Uh, picking up toenails and things like that. Um, uh, a 
little bit more business that we gotta get to. We got that day one ish sponsor, Soul Taco, which is the greatest Korean Mexican fusion fast casual food in the world, bar none. Go get yourself some Soul Taco. They got two food trucks driving around the St. Louis area, a place in the U City Loop, Chesterfield, Missouri, Columbia, Missouri, Chicago, Illinois, Champaign, Illinois. If you've never had Soul Taco, I suggest you go get it. And you, if you have had Soul Taco, you're probably thinking, damn, I should probably go get some Soul Taco right now while I'm listening to the podcast because that's how good it is. Also, one little more piece of business to get to. We are also hosting the Tony Schiavone podcast that's going to be at Off-Broadway at 3509 Limp here in St. Louis. It, it, it's called What Happened When. It's going to be him and Conrad, just like when, when Conrad and Bischoff came through. Same venue. If you went to that thing, you would know how much it, how much fun it is to watch these guys tell those stories. It's, a, it's my favorite room in town. It's uh, they got uh, it's it's a great atmosphere. It's if you want to just get together with a whole bunch of other smarks and listen to wrestling stories, it's a fun way to spend a Saturday night. That is on June the twenty second. Without further ado, we'll get to our three count. Jason, lead us off. It's a fun week. Yeah, no historic shit. week. Yeah, no shit. Let's, we're starting off the week on Saturday night. The MGM Grand. Hosting the first ever AEW card, Double or Nothing. The main event being Jericho versus uh, Kenny Omega. Winner would face the winner of the 21-man battle royal. Won by Adam Page at the uh, the pre-kickoff show, or whatever you want to call it, pre-show. Um, just to touch on just winners and losers, uh, Jericho obviously beats Omega. So now, coming up, you will have Hangman Adam Page versus Chris Jericho to decide the first ever AEW champion. Um, the Rhodes, Beautiful title, by the way. It's gaudy as fuck. I love it. Um, Rhodes versus Rhodes. Cody goes over Dustin in... A bloodbath on the Dustin Road side. I'm sure he bladed himself, maybe bladed himself a little too deep. Bloodbath. Neither here nor there. Uh, good match, better story. Uh, Lucha Brothers go down to the Young Bucks. Young Bucks retain the AAA Tag Team Championships. Um, and once again, another great match. Spot fest galore. But when you have two of arguably the five best tag teams in the world, you're going to have stuff like that going down. Other matches off the top of my head, uh, SCU kicked it off against, uh, Jesus, I can't think of the name off the top of my head, but uh, that was a nice six-man tag. Um, Secret Heart sounds right. Um, the women were next where you had Nyla Rose, uh, Dr. Brick Baker, and Kylie Ray starting off as a triple threat, but then the return of one awesome Kong to pro wrestling turned this into a fatal four-way. That was interesting. Brandy Rhodes seems like she's going to be the straw that stirs the drink for the women's division. I completely uh, forgot about the awesome Kong thing. Yoshi, The Yoshi match I thought was a little different because I just wasn't sure who was who, what was what. I think that was probably, for me, the down point of the entire card just because I didn't know who was who. Um, I'm missing one more. I can't think of it off the top of my head, but I, that pretty much covers it. No, for I me, you, pers- I think you got them all. Oh, Sammy Guevara was on. Oh, Best Friends. Best Friends, yeah. And, and um, 
I can't think of his name off the top of my head. Um, Evans and Jack uh, Evans. Shit. Okay, so that that was that that was the rundown of all the matches. Now, what was you're bearing the lead, man? I honestly, <laughs> for me, it's it's what you what you like as a wrestling fan because you had a little bit good of everything. You had good storytelling. You had good matches. You had things that are going to foreshadow of what's going to happen down the line. What was the biggest pop of the night? Um, obviously, I shouldn't say obviously, but for me, it was probably John Moxley, which okay, God, did not... I thought, I thought you had forgotten that that happened. No, 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 no. <laughs> How we get this far into without mentioning John Moxley well, coming the, up? One, John Moxley obviously comes out at the end of the main event and attacks Chris Jericho briefly, but then he and Kenny Omega proceed to fight through the crowd, go up the stack of chips, and Moxley delivers one... Decent, in Jake Roberts' opinion, DDT on the stack of chips, <laughs> and that's where the show ends. Um, he also got the ref. He did get the ref, too, I lost Stone Cold. So. <laughs> that actually probably got the bigger pop of all of them when he first that was dropped a, in. It was a massive moment, yeah. just a huge moment. Uh, like, for, like you said, for me, yeah, yeah, and that, that was, was, that was, was kind of weird top. to see that. Um, for me, like I said on, on Twitter earlier this week, because I didn't break it down. I saw it on uh, my little mini vacay. Good, not great. If I had to give it a grade, I would give it a B. Um, I'm not, and I'm not trying to compare it to WWE. I'm just putting this in its own little box, comparing it to its own merit. And it's not a lot to compare it to. It's just a one-shot deal. Nothing major. The uh, the timekeeper botch is the only thing that I can think of off the top of my head that was a real big standout botch moment. I think the Bret Hart um, championship uh, belt ceremony segment went a little too long. Outside of that, I I thought it was a solid first start. They're not taking over WWE anytime soon, but it was a really good first opening wow. show. Zach, what are your thoughts? Uh, I'd give it a uh, a solid A. Um, it was a fantastic. Uh, show because of the variety uh, like Jason said it's funny that it said that the Joshi match was the low point for me it was one of the high points I loved it it was probably my like third favorite match of the entire night uh, after Cody and Dustin and the Young Bucks and Lucha Brothers and it also was a paradigm shift for the crowd because we were talking a little bit early on about how the crowd was a hot crowd and they had a mic really well and stuff but there was a, a period of like lull between that initial six man with SCU and the OWE guys um, and that Joshi match, and the Joshi match is where it really took off, and I don't know, maybe it's just because I really like Joshi wrestling, but those ladies, like, stole the show, and the fact that nobody knew who they were, and the crowd was still super into it, like, that, like, just, like, you know, testifies to the the quality of, of that storytelling, and, and just how fun that kind of style of wrestling is, but anyway, uh, yeah, it was... Just really fun production was great. We talked about how the announcing was really good. Alex Marvez and uh, Excalibur did great. You didn't like it? It was okay. There JR was, a lot, was hilarious. A lot, a lot of people that did not not like Marvez at all. I yeah, loved, there really was. I, I liked it, him. It, he was kind of just bland. Where Jr. got into it when Moxley came in. Jr. got into it. Marvez was kind of like, oh, looks like he's not coming to you know say hello. That, that, that's how you're going to get Moxley over? I mean, come on. You know, that, that it was it's stuff like that. He's just, he's bland. It's just, he's matter of fact versus making it feel like, oh, shit, 
John Moxley's coming from the fucking crowd. Maybe That's- it was Excalibur then. Uh, who was like because yeah, Bill he was and I, a lot of people Mark said Excalibur it, it, was really good. Yeah. We yeah. kept comparing them, one of them to tomorrow. Yes, yeah, and maybe that must have been Excalibur. It was yeah. okay because I thought it was Marvez for some reason. Like so, I got the two conflated in my head. Uh, but uh, but yeah, like production wise, you mentioned the the timekeeping thing. They really riffed on it. The ref did a great job of Shut like shutting down right it down, <laughs> and you know, like I mean, Bret Hart. You know, it's how many? How long has he been told to face the hard cam, or like, how, like, <laughs> that, like ingrained he was in your just head, spinning around, just spinning? Yeah, yeah. but uh, otherwise, I mean, I thought it was a really good he show. Hit the head a bunch of times. Granted, you know, <laughs> he fell I'm, off the stairs in, in the back too. Yeah, so. I'm like an unadulterated like AW fanboy, but uh, I, I was really pleased. Uh, also, quick uh, note: uh, Tony Khan ran time in Gorilla because we were wondering who was in Gorilla, and I saw. In the back, there's Tony Khan, uh, Kipsop, Malenko, and then any of the elite guys that were not wrestling like right. at the time. But uh, yeah, Tony Khan ran ran time the uh, the whole production, and uh, I mean that's, that's they impressive. were under time. Like the show was, it was like boom wrestling match, boom wrestling match, boom wrestling match, and it was professional wrestling. And maybe that's why I liked it so much because it was professional fucking wrestling. Murray man, I'm gonna go with Vince Russo. No, I'm just totally <laughs> fucking kidding. If you hadn't heard, Vince Russo thinks they're in cahoots with WWE, right? which is fucking laughable. But oh, I had not heard that. Yeah, he's blowing Twitter up right now. He. Dude, He's being the totally serious. Thing ever. Wow. But so, anyways, my highlight was and Sandy Hook was staged. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you know what's funny? Just before you get started, yeah, I recently great. watched that thing on Vice uh, about the Montreal screw job, where Vince yeah. Russo's the one that thinks that it's still a work. That yeah. Vince, Sean, and Brett are still working us, and he still <laughs> believes that it's a work. After so, all the things that aren't being worked, so he probably anymore. is a Sandy Hook truther. Yeah, all right, go ahead. Yeah. So, anyways. <laughs> Rhodes Rhodes was probably my absolute highlight, and I didn't think I knew I would like it. I but okay, so I popped for two things all night long. One pyro, they have you did. Pyro. He popped every time. Every there was a pyro. time pyro popped. Was, I popped. So they didn't happy. overdo it either. No, no, it was perfect. And then two. Like and I and again I was drinking Mickey's that night. <laughs> yeah, I remember. I had quite a few of them. Yeah. Um, but. I was very invested in in the in the blood. Not and and I was with you guys. Like it was a lot. And at one point, I was like, okay, maybe call it. We were getting uncomfortable. It was kind of uncomfortable towards the end. It finally he stopped bleeding a little bit, and it, yeah. it and it. But the way they used color in the match felt old school. Mm-hmm. It felt yeah. like wrestling, and it wasn't done because it was a hardcore match or it had. It was their way of adding that much more to the element of their story of that match. And then the ending, somebody posted on Twitter, they cut it together. Dusty's old promo trying to get Dustin as his tag team partner in WCW. It's almost word for word what Cody told him at the end of that match. Wow, I haven't seen that either. It makes an emotional moment a hundred times more emotional when you watch it again. Because it's almost word for word. And so, and that's, and I don't know if it was a shoot in the ring, like if, whether Dustin knew that was coming or not, but he obviously knew what he was saying. Right. It, it was a cool moment. Um, and then, you know, the Moxley thing, I've said it before. I wasn't a huge Dean Ambrose fan. Neither was I. And, and I popped super hard. I got up off the couch because I'm excited to see what he's able to do while he's, now that he's free quote unquote oh, man, he free shit yeah this so. is a i mean if i would have been doing the one count i would have been i would have said listen 
they might not have said that they're that, that they're not competing against WWE, but this is now a competition. Well, if the, it's not, if it's not a fucking war, and the like, throne, it doesn't. Yeah, have I was to, getting ready to say, you're the throne. It's it's basically on. At I'll this get point. I'll get to that in a second. But when you when AEW, it, think about this. This is the first. This is their first official AEW event, right? This is their starting point. Do you know how many places they're going to get to be able, like any any minor quibbles that you had with the show as a whole? They're only going to get better from now because they can look at hey, here's some things that we didn't do right. Here's some things that we did right, and it ended the show with literally one of one of WWE's top five most popular wrestlers taking out Chris Jericho, one of their most legendary wrestlers, and fighting Kenny Omega, who uh, is the most over, probably the best wrestler in the world, to a massive freaking pop. And they're not even on TV yet. Yeah. That is that is exciting. There's no pre-story yet. That is, this is, we have, we finally have some competition. This is what we've been waiting for. And I see Jason shaking his head over there, and I know he's going to find the dark lining in the silver cloud. Dude, but man, Jesus this is—that's not even what I'm shaking my head for. This, God damn! This is this is good news. This was a this was a success the other night. The Cody Dustin thing, also my favorite match of the night. I didn't think that Jericho and Omega got to the level that they did in their first match. I like their first match better than I like this match, but that's okay. Because Jericho's still six months older. Like, it's going to be a precipitous decline. He can do what he can, and he's still relevant, and it was still a great match. That back elbow actually it's turned out to be pretty, older. pretty awesome. Yeah, yeah. I, I like that. I like that as a uh, That's a good like finish. Was, he he executed it very nicely. The yeah. only, I wish Dean Ambrose would have said, you know who I am, but you don't know why I'm here. That's <laughs> my, my only gripe. The Lucha no. Brothers the Lucha Brothers versus the Young Bucks was crazy from okay. start to finish. <laughs> from start to finish, insane. Uh I thought the Cody thing, uh, hitting the throne with the sledgehammer and having it kind of like collapse a little bit. I thought, man, it's I, 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 under, I understand <laughs> what he was. Little, I understand uh, what he was trying bash. to do, but it's it's more like, hey, man, like don't focus so much on Triple H. No, you know what? I, actually, somebody asked him afterwards, and he's like, while while that symbolism was there, he's like, my initial idea for it was actually for me to. Uh, kind of focus on my role as a wrestler and not my role as an executive vice president because I want to be a wrestler first and an executive vice president second. He's like, but he's like, yeah, the symbolism was there. And he's like, I, I'm not going to be able to go back to WWE even if I wanted to. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Sorry, Jason. I was making assumptions. What were you shaking your head about? No, I, ultimately, I, it's going to take a while, but I don't want to say that they're competition just yet. I will say this. Watching Double or Nothing and then having to come back and watch Monday Night Raw really focuses on what's, what I thought was wrong with, with WWE. Now it's really starting to come to light, and then we're going to talk about it more going into the two count. AEW will be fine. They're not going to take over WWE. Like Jericho and Moxley said, this is a fucking machine. Everybody's just going to have to deal with it. As long as they put a quality product out there, they're going to force WWE to have to do the same. And if they don't, that's how you're going to start losing the war. And I saw unquote. I saw some gripes on Twitter about the Rhodes, Rhodes, Cody, and the Bucks putting themselves over. And it's like, but man, they are playing 
they're playing to a, a like they're getting bigger and bigger crowds at, at, every time. Double or nothing's going to have a bigger buy rate than All In is, and there's going to have to be people where you're, you're going to have to say, "Hey, everybody kind of knows Cody, but especially with the Bucks, it's like here are your stars. Like they're going to be here for a long time. Phoenix and Pentagon are probably going to roam around a little bit, but I don't mind that at all. I don't no, mind no, them. It, it, I, it makes sense because now the next match with the Bucks is going to be against the Rhodes. It yeah. makes yeah. sense. And in October, yeah, it's logical. And in October, they're going to have to do the same things because they're going to have a TV audience that they need to assume is brand new to their product and they need to put over their stars and fuck the Smarks tears, you know. Yeah. Well, like, and, it, and it's not like it's fucking Shane McMahon getting a championship okay, or something. You. It's not the thank same you. as yeah. Triple H going right. back in right in this moment and getting the world title, which isn't happening necessarily right now, but it's not the same. They are still active. He waits till the ratings one. drop. Well, right. They're More. still active, one, Jesus. and two, they're still... It's not the same. It's not the same no, as them being it, executives it's, it's, versus them being wrestlers. I'll say this and we can move on. The bottom line is, is that AEW has got a formula, a plan in place. Things make sense. And that's probably my biggest gripe with WWE is that it never makes sense. From point A to point B, somewhere it gets lost in translation. For their first show, give them the credit. Oh, man. Give them credit. It, was, good start. it I, is a good start. I mean, the Dusty, the Dustin-Cody match really seemed like... I mean, I hate to call it like I hate when people call something a love letter. It, it was like a, it harkened back to their dad's days oh, yeah. of wrestling. It, it, it and had yeah. Dusty Rhodes written so all over much it. It was imprinted yes. on best, it. It was sick. Best match on the card and best match that either of them have ever wrestled. Like, I I agree. I know Dustin's been wrestling for a long freaking time, and I haven't seen all of uh, his matches, but I've seen a lot of Cody matches, and that was Cody's best match. Absolutely. I, I, I can't mean, imagine any other matches that they wrestled had people crying in the audience because okay. they were so right. moved. Five star, ma- five star matches don't necessarily have to be technical masterpieces. Like, it was also it, just it, pro it, wrestling as a motherfucker. That pro, yeah, yeah. it I wasn't mean, a sports entertainment match. That was wrestling. That's pro wrestling as Shakespeare. <laughs> <laughs> Touche. Speaking of pro wrestling, uh, well, talking about pro wrestling as not being Shakespeare. All right. That's gonna get to our two counts. All right, Zach. You know we don't like to put other podcasts over, but no, I think never. I think, I think we probably. <laughs> should. I think everybody's probably already listening to this. Yeah. One. So uh, if you haven't, and I'd be surprised if you haven't, because this thing's fucking everywhere. Uh, just pause this. Yeah. Go download Talk Is Jericho. Uh, oh it's called the Emancipation of Moxley, and or Emancipation of John Moxley, and it's about an hour and a half minus, uh, you know, like some kitty litter ads. Uh, <laughs> for <laughs> um, I think there was one for like insect traps too. It's like yeah, well, I actually days. thought about googling that because I have stink bugs in the house, so they might have got a purchase. Uh, <laughs> but, <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, it's three minutes of John Moxley, formerly Dean Ambrose, uh, being appreciative of WWE for uh, allowing him to meet his wife and uh, make all the money that he has made and have a house that's paid off and a vehicle paid off and his parents' house paid off. Just uh, to clear up, it sounded like you said beat his wife, but you meant meet his meet, wife, meet right? Meet his wife. I said meet. <laughs> that yes, might have been a Freudian slip. 
Yeah, you know. <laughs> Renee's okay, everybody. Yeah, right? Yeah. <laughs> Tara, yeah. call me if you need me. It was about to say, we can protect you. If she gets any worse on commentary, it might change. But uh, <laughs> anyway, uh, so and after those three minutes, it's an hour and a half of, uh, like you said, he's like, now let's bury this company. Uh, so just some highlights. Uh, he knew he wanted to leave the company in July 2018 when he was out with an injury. So, uh, you know, talking about being physically ill every Monday and just being bombarded with anxiety and you know depression and just not wanting uh to do the things that he was being asked to do um notice how he just said monday he didn't talk about the house shows or anything like he was fine wrestling he had fun on the but house it was shows. the tv i uh, refused to read a scripted promo because he thought it was idiotic and ridiculous vince thought it was great uh he said it was he wouldn't even say it on air but he said that they would have lost sponsors and somebody would have been fired whether it was him or whoever wrote it um it was that bad uh and considering just a few years ago, Vince said the N-word, and it was worse than that. <laughs> so, he said uh, it was something about Roman with cancer. Yeah. yeah, and it was something related to Roman with cancer. Which he still kind of did, but didn't go. I don't think he actually said the line they, they fed him. Yes, not that one, yeah. I talked about enjoying the Make-A-Wish stuff. Uh, thought uh, he didn't like the Roman cancer stuff. Uh, says he felt like walking out of the Raw where he got the shots, and he was vaccinated during a promo. I remember this podcast God, when that happened. I do too. Damn, I remember, I remember I do too. us being like, "What the, the fuck, fuck are they doing on? with Dean?" Exactly. Yeah, it was so weird. Like you could even see it. Um, says he was excited to return to wrestling when he's injured, but he was sitting at home thinking about all the ways that he could like return and all the cool things that he could do. Uh, but he was not imagining himself because they would not have allowed him to do any of that in WWE. So he's like imagining himself returning like in other places, uh, said that he would, even if there was no other promotion, than WWE, he still would have left. <laughs> said he would have left and started his own promotion just to or be whatever. an indie promotion, just to wrestle or even go to back to CZW. What, whatever. Yeah. Okay. That's deep. Didn't even look at the new contract they offered him. Uh, kept it in the envelope. Has no idea what kind of money they offered because he didn't even look at it. Didn't even talk to AEW about money. I'm sure they eventually got around to talking about money. But uh, he basically was ready to sign before they even offered him. Uh, he said to Tony Khan's the exact opposite of Vince. He likes him and the fact that he's a huge wrestling fan because they can just talk about like 80s wrestling and stuff that and ECW. they're all really into. Yeah. Um, goal in AEW is to be the best version of himself. Uh Actually talks about using social media now that he's out of WWE. Talks about how he made those videos and stuff. Um, and he told Seth that he's a wild animal that's been domesticated for too long uh, when Seth was upset about him leaving. So, obviously Seth's happy. I don't know. Uh, but anyway, this was very telling, very uh, vindicating. Feel very good about this. <laughs> because we sit here every week and we complain about all this shit. <laughs> And you got, you know, the WWE apologists that just act like it's a fucking smooth sailing. And why wouldn't, if everybody hates it there, why are they not there? And, uh, you know, why are people still watching it? Well, the fact is less people are watching this than ever before. Yeah, even though they're making more money. And they're making more money and less people are watching. People like us have a podcast, so we have to talk about it. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Well, it's like, I I mean, it's what CM Punk said during the pipe bomb. He goes, this money makes, or this company makes money in spite of itself. Uh, Jay Bell, you're big takeaway real quick an analogy you mentioned the AEW competition thing forcing having a better product forcing a larger company to make a better product it, it like looking at like beer like anheuser-busch uh there's all kinds of great craft breweries i work for one uh we make great beer it doesn't make them make any better beer it just makes them 
kind of mimic the better beer in like a different packaging for the stupid masses. So I feel like that's what's going to happen. But they're, 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 they're not going to improve the product hardly any. Uh, it's just going to get maybe a little different and they'll just keep their people. Anyway, go ahead. Uh, uh, biggest takeaway. Uh, I don't know. I'm, I guess when he he was saying that I have this idea, I have this idea, I have this idea, but I'm not even going to bother because they're all going to get shot down was to me an indication of what is going on that like two beers said, this is the vindication that makes me feel like, okay, we're just not just saying shit just to throw shit out there. We're saying it because there's something behind it. And now Moxley is all just but confirmed everything that we've already thought about. It, it would be like me coming into my restaurant and not having a personality. Here's everything you have. This is all you need to do. We're going to provide everything. All you have to do is show up. That doesn't even sound fun to me. No. Okay? That's basically what the WWE does. You just show up. When we tell you to show up, we're going to give you everything else you need. And you can go ahead and go. Well, that sounds horrible. Well, even in Dean's case, I mean, or Moxley's case, the way that he was describing it, it would be like they, you didn't come in, you had to check your personality at the door, and then they gave you a shitty Pretty personality, personality yeah, yeah. on top of it. So it'd be, yeah, like, sure. it'd be like the difference between working at your restaurant and working at, you know, yeah, Hooters or fucking whatever. Fridays or some <laughs> okay, shit. Okay, but I mean, it, it just shows like there's only one creative mind, and that's Vince McMahon. Everybody else... At least the, the way I interpret it, everybody else is the in-between yes-men. This is what Vince kind of wants. And then you have Moxley on the other end where he's like, okay, why does my character does do this? I need the reason why. And that's how many times we like, you know, why is this happening? I don't understand this. A lot of this is just because Vince is just stuck in his way. And there's nobody to tell him different. And until something major happens, this is the way WWE is going to run. It's a one rudder ship, and that rudder's Vince McMahon. Uh, I think one of the things that st- stood out the most to me was his professionalism in the sense that, for one, he knew his wife was still going to be employed there. So <laughs> he kept. So he was cool. holding shit back. So he kept his cool in he certain stayed. levels. Yeah, he stayed. Oh, you're talking about. Not in the interview. No, 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 and he, you know some of the the angles they gave him that he that he would go in there and immediately question and and fight about and like you said would ask okay so I'm fine with that but tell me why give me a give me something to go with so I can make this work for you that part of it that he was willing to at least try God even after him. fighting it God bless he would him. at least fight it and then just go out there and do it that part of it to me speaks volumes of his professionalism. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know that whole thing. The second part, I've already forgotten. As I was saying, the first part. <laughs> uh, I was saying Corona right there, boy. Uh, I mean, I've, I've listened to Dean on Stone Cold's podcast, and he seemed like a way bigger weirdo than he so did in this that, podcast. That's actually that was my that was my point. So if you go back and you listen to that interview he did on uh, the the Stone Cold podcast on the network, 
where Stone Cold was like poking him the yeah. whole time, like, stop, be you. What are you doing? Be edgier. Like, yeah, talk. And I hated that fucking interview. I did too. Oh, I it was too. so uncomfortable. But now yeah. it makes more sense. It makes sense. sense. Now, yeah. this Talk is Jericho interview, he was doing the interview he wanted to do with Stone Cold, probably, but he, you know, he was playing ball. Yep. So he just sat there and took Stone Cold of all people who he kind of, you know, at least as far as how he came into AEW at the end, had like a Stone Cold pop. Right. And it was a Stone Cold pop. It was. So in, in my opinion, like that also goes to his professionalism that he just sat there in that interview that should have been pure gold and probably excitement for him and just kind of took it, you know, until. Yeah, he did not come across. Well, I mean, at all during that Stone Cold oh. interview. I mean, like Zach, you said. So I guess, I guess Seth is fine there. Like Zach, Seth doesn't have the type of personality that Vince. Like Dean, Vince saw something in him. Like he even said, he goes, you know, once they saw that I had any bit of comedic timing at all, that's when it all went wrong. Because he's like, I don't want to. I don't want to bring i don't want to drag a wagon full of weapons down to the match and throw them into the ring when i have to fight brock lesnar he's like i don't want to wear a gas mask yeah because i he think mentioned the crowd that a couple stinks. times oh now that uh, jericho and moxley are in there you think we'll get an asylum match number two? Oh man i hope not <laughs> uh jason just looked at me like <laughs> shut the fuck up <laughs> i say don't even give them ideas but it's Shit. like jason was saying you know when you know he when he goes when he goes, you know, if you're going to give me everything to do, he's like, just get an actor. He's like, I'm a professional wrestler. He's like, let me go out there. Let me create my own character. Let me cut my own promos. He's like, I don't need a writer. I was impressed that he didn't bury anybody but Vince. Yeah, now, it's yeah gonna, there was it's plenty gonna, of people he could have. It's going to be a weird day at work next time Renee goes in after this thing comes on. Because it's yeah, got it to be, be weird, man. It will he be. buried the shit out of Vince. You don't think she's got Vince in her ear the entire... Do you think she cares, though? No, I don't think that she, she cares. Can go because anywhere now. She, well, she can go to AEW. She can no, go. She could go to she, e- anything. No, she can go mainstream Sports. if she wanted to. Yeah, like, she could go to Fox, and, and she yeah. and she would be fine. WWE doesn't want to lose Renee just because. Exactly. I'm, I'm just saying, on the same page. I'm just saying it's got to be it, awkward, right? Oh, oh it's yeah, 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 yeah. That's no all I'm saying. About that's that. everybody yeah, else. Yeah, yeah. That's what I'm saying. But he said everything else that probably everybody else wants to say, but can't really say it. He really only buried Vince. I mean, he said he said it's not any of Talent's fault. He goes, hey, he goes. The writers. One time, I yelled at the writer. It wasn't his, his fault. fault either. He yelled, seemed uncomfortable. I yelled, I yelled about at him said, either. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I he will, said Vince is going to die in the chair. Damn right, he is. Just like Which Vince has said. Yeah. He yeah, said that's, it a, that's a Vince quote, though. He goes, "I'm going to die in the chair." Yeah, we know um, that. They're, they're, that's why I keep telling people about the, the XFL. The XFL is going to be like a, a little hobby. It'll be cute. You know what I'm saying? Be like Trump, Trump winning the presidency. It started off as cute, <laughs> that's good. That's, and the next thing you know, all of a sudden you fucking won. Holy shit! <laughs> Maybe it was cute when he started running and he went down the escalator, and <laughs> John Stewart was making fun of him. Okay, it progressively got less cute. The XFL is is not his passion. WWE is his passion. Whether he wants to. D- Degrade WrestleMania with the Super Showdown saying it's going to be the equivalent or better than that was last week. I would I wish I was here for that episode. The bottom line is Vince is going to be Vince and he's going to take WWE wherever he wants to go until we bury him six feet under. I'll also say this: I I know that I I might be a prisoner of the moment. Um, I can't imagine a better shoot interview of all time because. Like I was telling Jason before, this is not some guy that's telling it 20 years later. 
This is and this is not some guy who's pissed off. This is not Chris Masters who comes out of the WWE and is pissed off because he never got pushed, never got the jetpack. This is a guy that was at the top of the card that's in one of the greatest factions, maybe top 2 factions that WWE ever produced and was and was booked to win championships and was booked to main event and was booked all booked all the way to the moon and then he left because he was so pissed off and then Two months later, he does an hour and a half long shoot interview and buries the shit out of Vince McMahon. He used to talk to plants. There is, there is not, <laughs> there is, there has not been a better shoot. Uh, there has not been a more explosive shoot interview of CM all time. CM Punk, I thought was really good at the time, but it was a little bit after the fact. This is plus pretty CM much Punk, point. Plus, CM Punk comes off like a fucking prick. He does. This guy comes across as passionate. just frustrated, no, yeah. Yeah. yeah, genuine, passionate, frustrated. I mean, who would you? Oh, rather hang out with in real life John Moxley or oh, CM Punk I mean, come on I mean that, that's not even fair I mean, well, that, 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 I, mean that I want to have a beer sad. with both of them CM Punk straight edge so, yeah, so obviously yeah. Moxley <laughs> that's what I was going to say really we're going to have that conversation come on uh, before we get to our three count because our three count is going to be predictions tonight Jason why don't you tell us about F&B Eatery F&B Eatery on the corner of 3453 Southampton, part of our Southampton Mafia of Independent Restaurant Tours. Go check out my boy Mike, good friend of mine, known him for at least a decade, probably more so. If you are a fan of Smash ha- Hamburgers, like I am a fan of Smash Eat Hamburgers, smash Ooh. Ooh. check need, me out. I, need some right I will now. be there right tomorrow now. afternoon. I'm going to scoop up some uh, F&B gift cards to take with us to... The Gory Pro event, just in case uh, we run out of the JJ Twig cars. We'll hand them all out. We'll hand them all out. So that way, Southampton Mafia. So that way, we all get to enjoy the greatness of one F&B Eatery. Go check my boy out. F&B Eatery, 3453 Southampton. Tell him, Band from Ringside sent you. This is Band from Ringside. Yo, everybody. It's time for the NXT TakeOver 25 predictions. No, this one's not attached to a WWE pay-per-view because the next WWE pay-per-view is that, uh, what are they calling it? Blood in the sand or whatever they call it. That's not my joke. I forget whose joke that is. but It's still going to be better than... Super Sand Showdown. Than Jesus <laughs> Christ. But... Uh, this one's got some potential. It's also got a couple surprise matches on here. So uh, we got Sam the Mauler Mall. He's going to be making the predictions with us. He's uh, he's coming in fourth place out of the five of us. So he's not in last, which is pretty impressive for a guy that uh, for a guy that doesn't watch wrestling at all. But uh, <laughs> coming up first, and this is the only one that you're going to go have to you're going to have to go Bullshit. least to most likely to win. I just want to call bullshit. We have for the vacated NXT because he's in fifth and he's upset about it. I'd be mad to him. Uh, Coming up first for the vacated NXT championships vacated by uh, the War Raiders or the Viking Raiders or the Viking Experience or whatever you want to call them. Those guys uh, that wear paint. We have uh, (laughs) Oni Lorcan and Danny Birch versus the Street Profits Profits versus the Undisputed Era versus the Sons of Anarchy. no, where are they oh, called? No, wrong, no. For, versus the Forgotten Sons. <laughs> Sam, give me the most, are the least likely to win to the most likely to Sam, win. Before I guess, <laughs> do the Forgotten Sons also have motorcycles? 
Uh, they dress like they're like they have motorcycles. They are a biker gang. They are, yeah, they're a biker they're gang. Not gonna lose. Them. One of their uh, name is actually Jackson J A X S O N, like the guy from Sons of Anarchy. Ry- Riker <laughs> fucking yeah. sucks. Yeah, and there's this, a guy named Riker yeah. too. No, it's, that's the, his name, it's, the worst, Riker. it's the worst. Riker it's, the biker. Yeah, it's horrible. <laughs> <laughs> so cute. <laughs> it's the worst NXT gimmick ever. It's bad. I'm, I'm not. A the fan. fans actually chant "Stay Forgotten." <laughs> I hear it every time. Dude. All right, Sam, what you got? Uh, Whatever, Oni Lorkin or whatever, and Danny, I'm going to, they're last. Okay. Uh, Then I'm going to say Street Profits, then Forgotten Sons, and Undisputed Arrow winning. That's because the Undisputed Arrow is the only one that you've ever heard of, isn't it? exactly correct. (laughs) (laughs) I know you, Sam. I, mean I know you, you, Sam. I mean to tell you, it's been two years. We got him down. What do you say, Murray? Uh, I'm going to go the uh, Suns biker gang last. Uh, then I'm going to go uh, Lorkin and uh, and his partner. God damn it. Uh, Andy Burke, friend of the show. Bad motherfucker. Because I think they're taking things in a certain direction, the queen, the clean sweep, I think is going to happen. So I'm going to go Street Profits, Profits next, even though I would like to see them win them. They should have won them when they vacated them. Uh, and then, obviously, Undisputed Era to take them home. All right, JCB. Interesting. Uh, least to most. We're going to go just because I just don't like this team at no, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to do that. We're going to go Morkin and Birch as the least least likely team to win. Uh, great hands, but they're just they're just not going to win in this scenario. They really are. They are really are great. They hands. are really great hands. Um, I, I love them both. Dude, I do too. They are just so fucking good in the ring. Uh, next, I'm gonna go. Unfortunately, I'm gonna go to Undisputed Era. I I just think that this Roderick Strong angle is going to blow up in their face. This is going to probably be the start of that. Then I'm going to go with the team that I really can't fucking stand. It will be the Forgotten Sons at number two. I just got the sneaky suspicion that it always is the team that I don't like that is circling around like vultures. But to correct the wrong that they should have did two weeks ago, I'm going to pick the Street Profits to go over in a ridiculous ass ladder match to win the vacated NXT Tag Team Champions. They deserve it, man. Oh, yeah. Lorcan and Danny Burch in a ladder match is going to be a lot of fun, too. This is going to be sick. With the Street Profits, also. Oh, yeah. This, yeah. Somebody's not coming out the way they walked in this motherfucker. <laughs> I promise you that. Yeah, no shit. What do you say, Two Beer? Uh, I had the exact same order as JCB for uh, much the same reason. Uh, I think uh, Montez Ford is going to be the star mm. of this match. Um, he, and, and then some. He can already jump so high. Uh, <laughs> now I you're mean, giving him a fucking ladder? Now you're giving him a ladder? I mean, god damn. Um, yeah, it, it's it's going to be good. Like you guys said, those, it, you know, Lurkin and Birch, great hands, but uh, oh, shit. they don't have the star power to carry the titles. Uh, Forgotten Sons are not necessarily like good heels. They're just like, they, they have like go away heat instead of like <laughs> heat heat. Yeah, uh, I don't know why they're pushing <laughs> They don't uh, really have. We don't like the tag team divisions. The weakest it's been in a while. Yeah, they, they basically uh, so they don't really have, raped it a little bit. Yeah, they don't have people uh, with the Viking Raiders going and with all the uh, NXT UK guys like kind of focusing mostly on UK. You don't have your Mustache Mountain. You don't have your uh, Grizzled Young Vets uh, and those guys. So you know, 
Uh, I'm going to make it a clean sweep for Only Lork and Danny Birch going last uh, just because, I, I mean, I think they're going to be in it. I think they're kind of the tag version of Cassius Ono. Like, they're there to make guys look really good in the tag they're division. They're great enhancement talent. Yeah. Um, but I am, I'm when I came in here and when Sam said it, that's the exact same way I was thinking it. So I'm not going to change it just because I just, I could see them. I could see the street profits never getting the belts, but going up to the uh, main roster first, I could see SmackDown going down and grabbing them. Uh, they'd be fun foils against Daniel Bryan and Rowan. Honestly, they're going to be great um, as long as they let them be anyway. I was about to say, yeah, also, I want to say that if, if Crime Time was a was a racist uh, name for a black tag team, which it really was, Street Profits and spelling Profit P R O F I T also was racist. Yeah, and the the whole like the whole thing is is a pretty the Dixie Cup. I'm not a huge fan. Yeah, of. it's a it's a very heavy handed like <laughs> stereotypical uh, gimmick. That, it, it bothers me. It it does, man. They lost they lost the chance to go to the Dusty Rhodes final over fucking gold chains and a Dixie Cup. <laughs> Really, what they should—I re- I wish that they would have had just had the Street Profits versus the War Raiders at this Flat out just at, at, at this one and had the, have have the War Raiders just uh, drop it. Uh, coming up next, uh, uh, fill in our Tyler Breeze came back down <laughs> to where he came from, from where he belongs. He came back down. Is this a demotion? You think? No. Uh, well, I mean, he came back to and Ge- geographically, probably, he's back down in Florida. If anything, yeah. he's fucking hot again. But like, uh, like he's always been hot. Tyler Ooh. Tyler Breeze. Gorgeous. Well, he's Prince <laughs> Prince Pretty Prince Pretty versus Velveteen Dream. Um, I love that I have written down here: Dream versus Breeze. Like those are that's a those, those perfect names for those guys. I'll go first here. I can't see Tyler Breeze going over Dream. I'm gonna take Velveteen Dream. Sam, I am. You are up. Velveteen Dream or Tyler Breeze? This should be good. Are they laundry sheets? <laughs> uh, I'll go with Velveteen Dream for winning. This motherfucker said they laundry sheets. That's right. That might. <laughs> ah, that's a really good joke. Sam. Yeah, that's messed up. Uh, what do you have, JCB? Uh, just, <laughs> I hate when I have to come behind Sam when he has good jokes. Um, he, I really think that it, apparently Tyler Breeze is here to stay in NXT, so this is not a one-off. But he wasn't even supposed to be in this match. It was supposed I, to be Dijak. I agree. Oh, um, bitch. I really think that more so to why I'm leaning towards Velveteen Dream. I would love to see Tyler Breeze come back and wreck havoc and have a, a nice little feud with Velveteen Dream until uh, Dr. Vic came, came back and comes back healthy. But I just can't see him taking off of Velveteen Dream right now. He's just way too fucking hot. Dream. Yeah. Two beer. Same thing. These uh, I got Velveteen Dream. Um, I'm really anxious for this match. Their promos against each other were complete fire uh, last week. Uh, really, really loved it. Uh, they're like kind of similar characters. Like uh, Dream is kind of like the evolution of uh, you know Prince Pretty. Right. Um, you know, it's going to be really interesting to see their character work, and they both can go in the ring. Uh, so. Uh, yeah, this is gonna be like a potential like show stealer. It could like, be, you know. It could be. And there's it's hard to think of anything stealing the show with Cold and Gargano on it because the last match was so good. But yeah. you're right. I mean, it is. Um, what do you say, Murray? I want to piggyback on what Zach said. Like they are 
they're very similar so that is very enticing to me because it's like the the flamboyant badass versus the flamboyant badass in a right. sense so yeah. it's it's kind of fresh in that sense um but of course if you're watching live right now yeah you should be god damn it velveteen fucking dream Got the dream shirt Forever on. Okay. And always. You're going up next right now. Io Shirai versus Shayna Baszler for the women's championship. Oh, man. Um, this is a tough one. I know it really is because there's been no real talk or rumors that 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 uh, Baszler is going to move up anytime soon. But I feel like she's one of those champions in NXT that if she drops it, she'll be going. If she does, I have hopes for the main roster of the women's division. I, I go with Baszler. Okay, going Shayna Baszler. I'm going to have to go with Shayna Baszler, and I know that's probably not the way it's going to go, but I have to go Shayna Baszler. Sam, who you got? Io Shirai or Shayna Baszler? Uh, I'm going to go with Io Shirai because he's in last, so... Uh, it's a women's match. Uh, but no. yeah, you're. Oh, because he's. Can we have a special uh, hour of just me and and uh, and Mr. Perfect over here? Just, just doing predictions against each no, other? Just having a just fight. Flip, just no, flipping a coin? Say, we just going to turn the lights <laughs> off in the studio and whatever <laughs> happens happens. Yeah, uh, I'm into it. The two beers, Zach. Who you got? I got EO Man. I think uh, she's the best women's wrestler in the world, and I think it's her time to show everybody exactly that. I think this is going to be Shayna Baszler's best match because of her. I am also taking Io Shirai. I think that Shayna Baszler... I've been picking them to take the belt off of Shayna Baszler (laughs) for a lot of different takeovers in a row. I'm going Io Shirai. And because of that the same way I have been picking Shayna Baszler to lose this time I'm going to pick her to retain there is something about Candice LeRae just popping up out of the blue I know that they say that uh, Io Shirai saved her two weeks before you mean that blonde girl yeah, that blind girl that they, they got and they made a big deal about and then didn't do anything with, and now all of a sudden she's coming back. Yeah. It'd be the perfect time if you actually booked her, and this one a few times I won't bitch about NXT. If you booked her from the start when she got there, this would be the perfect time to have her flip heel. Maybe it still Candace, happens. Yeah. Maybe it doesn't. I just find it a little weird that all of a sudden she's just friends with EO Shirai. Call her for what it is. I smell rat. I'm going to take Basil with the win. If everything you've done in the past is wrong, then the opposite must be right. Jason's taking Shayna Baszler. Uh, Coming up next. Now, this is another potential show stealer. We have Matt Riddle versus Roderick Strong. Sam, who you got? God, that's going to be good. I know. It's going to be fucking great. I'm going to go with Roderick Strong. All right. Roderick Strong for Sam. Uh, I'm going to go as much as I want to pick the Undisputed Era sweep on the entire night, which would be a great little uh, bow on top of the NXT TakeOver 25. I think that Riddle just went down to Velveteen Dream at the last pay-per-view, and I think that Matt Riddle, him being one of the next guys obviously that they're going to want to put a belt on i think that's time for them to put somebody over uh who's strong pardon the pun i'm taking matt riddle two beer yeah as much as i would like to say that riddle's weakness is strong uh <laughs> look at you it's uh, like my you. tony niece nephew joke 
<laughs> yeah, it really is very similar. That you guys really shit on. Yeah, uh, right? All you guys needed was to. All you guys. All you guys need for that kind of wit is just a crippling student loan debt and an English degree. So, uh, enjoy it. No uh, shit. So uh, yeah, man, I feel the same. Like uh, I don't see Riddle going down twice in a row. Although they could like you know play off that like you know a little bit of a storyline. But I can see Strong losing and having issues because they got this whole undisputed era. Like Roderick Strong thing going on, I think it's going to play into that. So I got Matt Riddle. Everything, but he said, um, I just can't see Matt Riddle going down twice. It just doesn't make sense. Uh, the Roderick Strong angle is the bigger angle. The, the eventual breakup of the Undisputed Era is the bigger angle. That's why I just got. I would, this is going to be a great match. Don't get it twisted. This is going oh to God, be a be great match. If How many backbreakers? What's the over under? <laughs> uh, let's put it at ten and a half. I'm gonna say under, but I'm gonna take the over. I'm talking. This is gonna be under. backbreaker I, left and right, yeah. like Suplex City, dude. Yep. I'm telling you. Yep. But Matt Riddle should go over. I'm gonna go with the NXT fans on this one. Yeah. I think wrestling fans are gonna be the ones to win this one. <laughs> right? Uh, because again, like they just said, and like you said, it's gonna be a badass match. I'm gonna go with Matt Riddle though. That's I, I see him so as underrated. Matt Riddle is the fucking future, and so sure Strong Roderick is Strong really underrated. Is. So he underrated. really is. I think like the only. I mean, he might be the best worker in Undisputed Era. I mean, uh, between him be and Kyle O'Reilly, man, Kyle yeah, O'Reilly can go. So good yeah, too. Kyle O'Reilly can go. He'll tie you up in the press real quick. All right, last but not least, we got Adam Cole, baby, versus Johnny Gargano. Sam, who you got? Johnny Gargano. This is for the belt. Johnny Gargano is currently holding the belt. I know that plays into your choice. Yeah. <laughs> God, I wish I'd had that on tape. I know. Right too, bad, too bad this is a podcast. No one can see the face that he just made. Oh my God, that was great. I think, I think, uh, I think he'll keep it. All right, so he's going Johnny Gargano, uh, Murray Man. I'm actually okay. So whether the clean sweep happens for Undisputed Era, I think it's Adam Cole that takes a lot of losses. And it's okay because he, yeah. he's obviously he can absorb them. He absolutely can. He's taking this one though. He's taking it. I think Adam Cole's winning. He is going to win. Mm. I guarantee. JC, baby. Man, I almost feel blasphemous for going this way, but I just. The Undisputed Era is going to break up. You can't have them break up and have Adam Cole winning the title. Good. I went against Cole, I went against Gargano last time, and it bit me in the ass. So this time around, kind of like what you said earlier, we're going to switch it up. I'm going to take Johnny Gargano to retain the title. Shubir? I think you guys know I'm picking. Uh, I, don't, yeah, no I, don't, I don't think I could ever, even like if it was the most logical booking ever, that I could like go against you know, my, my dude. So I got Gargano. Okay, so I'm two minds on this because I think it's weird that they, I don't think that they would, after Johnny Gargano's long road, to getting the championship that they would take it off him ju- after just winning it for the first time. Um, these guys are coming off what uh, is one of my favorite matches of all time. Like, maybe three best matches I've ever seen. So, I'm definitely looking forward to it. Um, I, I could see them. I could see Adam Cole <laughs> winning this, though, and Adam Cole versus Roderick Strong for the belt Ooh. at the next NXT. Ooh. 
that being said, I am wow. Ooh. I'm taking Johnny Gargano. And I just and I don't think that and I'll I'll take it one step further. I don't think it's going to be a pinfall kind of deal. I, I'm looking for like disqualification, some sort of fuckery. Who would, who would Johnny finish? Gargano fight next though? No, I'm changing it. I'm going to Adam Cole. Oh shit. I Honestly, see some sort of fuckery they, where if, this this angle continues in some form or fashion. That's they, just my guess. If they take the title t- the title off of Velveteen, Velveteen could go against either one of the because he you know Velveteen hasn't been NXT champion. Yeah, but they're either. not gonna take the title off of Velveteen to put on Tyler Breeze. Could they, they could, could if he stays? God damn, they could. I don't know. I've, I've already <laughs> that's crossed, what I love I already about crossed this. it out. Once. That's what I've I love about that, that NXT keeps you guessing. And then I'm, I don't, I'm talking. I'm talking. And myself everybody out who it. wins is okay to win. Like in my opinion, like okay. that's I love everybody they're all, there. Like, they're deserving all so and, good. Yeah. Uh, guys, we're pretty much out of time. Uh, I did want to say that if you haven't been watching the battle, best of the Super Juniors, that uh, coming up there in Block A and Block B, there is a match. Coming up, that's for that block, and it's uh, Shingo versus Ishimori, and then Taguchi versus Will Ospreay. Both of those are happening in the last night, and both of those are for it. Who are you guys taking? Uh, A block, I'm going to take Shingo. He's just been just killing everybody in his way. Ishimori just going to have to take a seat for a second. Uh, God, B block, I really want to take Taguchi. I mean, he's been main event Taguchi, big match Taguchi all the way, but I really think Will Ospreay is going to do it, and then you will have Shingo, Shingo over Will Ospreay to face Dragon Lee for the uh that's why, that's why I think it's going to happen, too. I got the same thing. Uh, it's just a much bigger match than, uh, you know, Taguchi's great. But Osprey's the real deal. I don't see Osprey taking it because Osprey's going to go do heavyweight stuff, and Shingo's going to rule the roost uh, down the junior heavyweight division for a while. Great. I'm actually going to say that finally, finally, you're going to watch it. The Rock comes I'm back going, to Shock City Studios. <laughs> I'm going to finally start making time to put in to watch. New Japan. Now is a pretty good time. Now is a pretty good time to jump in. Because Dominion's coming up, and then G1's coming up. The reason why I haven't is because I feel like I've missed so much up to this point, and the way you guys have been saying it up to this point, like this might be a good way to start. Well, the thing is, is everything's logical, so you can just jump in, like anytime. So that, and I'm making it a valiant effort to finally start watching New Japan. Birthdays this week. Jake the Snake Roberts is 64 years old. No way. Jose is 31. Montez Ford, the aforementioned Montez Ford, is 29. James Storm is 42. AJ Styles is 42. Lex Luger is 61. Velvet Sky is 38. Gorilla Monsoon, rest in peace, would have been 82 this week. And Kona Reeves is 37. Hey, everybody. We know there's a ton of podcasts to listen to, so we appreciate you guys listening to our for Soul Taco, <laughs> for JJ Twigs on Southampton, for FNB Eatery, for Schlafly Beer, for Sam the Mall, Mall, for Easy Eric, for Shock City Studios, for Murray the Murray Man, Murray, Two Beer, Zach Bowman, Jason Cornelius Bell, I am Bill Vagy, and everybody, boo the heels. Boo! Boo!